This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at bluewirepods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Blue Wire. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Ant Wright, back at it again, your host of Michigan State of Mind. Um... Today is like day 65 of my workout, and I'm super hype about that. So that's always a good thing. And um, this is like a little like emergency pod. But as you guys know, D'Antonio is gone, and there were two Big Ten games on tonight. And, uh, you know, Michigan, Michigan lost at home to Ohio State, and Michigan State lost to Penn State. So we got a little bit to uh, cover here. So Spartan Ave, Connor Muldowney is here with me. Connor, thanks for joining, man. Thanks for having me again. Hey, not a problem, dude. So, you know, let's uh, let's talk Penn State, Michigan State. Um, like, as the – as the Michigan game is is uh, going, people in the chat are you know talking about you know Michigan State's down by ten, they're down by eight, they're down by eight, they're down by seven, down by ten. I'm like, what is going on, man? So like, what was so like what happened in the first half? Um, well, yeah. It, from the start, it looked like State was just going to have one of those games at home where they just run away with it. They're up. 12-4, they weren't missing shots, and and then they let, uh, I don't even know what his name is, number zero on Penn State, he just, he made, I think it was five threes in the first half that just... Had it been Marion Jones, that dude yeah, yeah, lit us up yep. too. Yep. Yep. He, was, he was five of six in the first half from three, and... One of the daggers, they, they ended up coming back from eight down to take a lead. And then when State was clawing back, it was 31-28. And he had a had the ball from with like two seconds left on the shot clock. He barely even knew it. He just looked up. He was about five feet behind the line, and he just jacked it up, and it went in. And it was just kind of one of those games where once that shot went in, you're like, this this might be a, a trouble. Wait, trouble oh, this, game. this is happening. Okay. Yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> Jesus, man. I mean, Penn State is tough, man. Penn State is a tough little group, scrappy group. Um, I'm actually happy for Pat Chambers, man, because I think that uh, he works super hard and he he loves that loves that school and he can never get over the hump. Um, Went to the NIT. What was it like two years ago? And they won it. And they they, you know won the won the whole uh, thing and. you know, I just—he's one of those guys where like you, you, you kind of root for a, a lot, yeah. like uh, Tim Miles for. Uh, mm-hmm. I I I hate Nebraska, <laughs> right, 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 right. I I hate Nebraska, but you know you can you know see a coach where you're like, okay, their heart's in the right place. Yeah, you know for what I mean. Sure. I mean, he, he's done the right. I mean, he's he's done coaching his way up. He almost got fired probably a couple times. Yeah, and and he's just. 
Uh, he just coaches the same. He hasn't changed his, his style really at all, and it's all built uh, around toughness. And he even said after the game that when he came to the Big Ten, one of the teams that he focused on trying to emulate was Michigan State and Tom Izzo and the toughness. And you could kind of see him out. His team was out-toughing Michigan State tonight, which you don't right. really see, especially at home. Yeah. So, I mean, he he's done what he planned to do was try to become like Michigan State, and they're – they're the hottest team in the conference right now. Yeah, they have a bunch of scrappy dudes, and uh, yeah. and and they've and they've got some talent too. Lamar Stevens, uh, so one good. of the best power forwards in the country. That dude is legit. He doesn't um, miss it. He doesn't miss shots. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. It's crazy. He reminds me so much of Deshaun Sims. Yeah. He reminds me a lot of him. You know, undersized. Yeah. Undersized, bigger guy who could do a lot of things. Uh, very, very similar players. Um, uh, it's kind of weird watching him because they have like similar mannerisms too. So it's like it's like I don't know. It's like super weird. Um, so lost by five, but someone told me that like Cassius could have like tied the game or something. Yeah. So they were down two. No, they're down three. And Cash has brought the ball up, and instead of taking a, a quick three to try to tie it up, they tried to drive and make a, a two and then foul. And then on the, the layup, Cash has made it, got, got the and one, oh. and he missed he missed the free throw with 11 seconds left. So, I mean, I, I had a feeling when he got the and one, everybody was going nuts. I'm just like, this just there's just something about this that just doesn't feel... It's not adding up. Right. Like, there's just not a good feeling. There just wasn't a good feeling. Like, everybody just assumed that it was going to be a tie game. Like, the announcers were like, oh, well, Cash just did it. Like, why would you foul there? He's 86% from the line. And then, brick. Doink. Wow. Yeah. And it wasn't a bad miss either. Like, it looked it looked like a perfect free throw. Even Robbie Hummel was like, I thought that was it. I was ready to talk about Penn State's next possession with the tie game. So, right. it wasn't like he just completely – left it short or anything it was just it was straight on it just hit the back of the rim Ooh, that's rough yeah, and, then, and then he had another chance to tie it with a, a three-pointer um on the on state's last possession so that's how it got to five because it was yeah, one point game fouled, you fouled yep. him made both free throws missed the three fouled him again with like a couple seconds left yep. made both free throws then you don't 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 score again right yeah it's they, they had yeah, that's exactly what happened. They had their chances. They they kind of shot themselves in the foot all second half long with momentum. They would, you know, tie the game up, and then Aaron Henry would travel or pass the ball away. And it was, it, it was just kind of a theme for the second half. It was just momentum just being crushed by turnovers. So I hate box score watching, but Jesus, man. Like, did anyone else – I mean, like, actually – like. Like, okay, so a couple things. Mm. I see that Tillman, Brown, and Henry didn't reach double figures, not one of them. But at the same time, not a lot of shot attempts. They were all pretty efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, what what was that coming from? Honestly, I think there's just so much timid play going on right now. And it's, it's a bunch of guys who are super talented. And I, I've said this so many times. I, I hate the excuse. Saying, oh well, Michigan, we're just not good. No, like you have you have a roster that's filled with guys who would start on most teams, right? But they're not playing like a team. It's Gabe Brown gets it, he'll pass up an open shot, and Aaron Henry will get it, and he'll pass up an open shot to take a dribble drive and then run into traffic and pass it out. That's one of the most confusing players the team that's, that has, you know the will to take it to the hoop or take an open shot or hunt for his own shot. Him and Rocket Watch are the same way. <coughs> Henry is the most confusing dude. He Tell is so talented. He like, like he's so talented, but then he'll go out there and like act like he doesn't know how to hoop. You know what I mean? I, it blows my mind how inconsistent he is. It blows my mind. Like, and, and you've like, I'm not sure if you like noticed, but um, I didn't – okay, so I didn't watch the Penn State game. But, like, I watch Michigan State games, and one of the things that I, I like to pay attention to is how the coaches interact with, with uh, Henry. 
And if, you know, Izzo has been changing, like, he's like, okay, this doesn't work working. He's changed, like, a more positive approach. He's been more stern, less yelly. Like, he's been, like, a yeller. Like, he's he's tried, which I give all the props to because he's – because he at least notices that okay maybe maybe it's me you know maybe if i give him a different reaction or a different response or if i coach him with more positivity less negativity or maybe it's the volume of my voice i've seen him change for him not anybody else but for that dude i've yep. seen their interactions change and he's trying to find that perfect spot. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's tough though, because you've been coaching this kid the same way for a year and he's, he's got all this talent and you can't just be like Mr. Positive being like, Oh, it's okay. You'll get it next time. <laughs> he'll, he'll think that that's okay. And then he'll make the same mistakes. Right. But like, I agree. He's trying to find that middle ground where like, there's a certain amount of yelling and maybe not like screaming in his face yelling like last year in the tournament. Right. But there's also like, you can't be, super negative at the same time so he's I've noticed that too where he's not yelling in his face as much as he had been but at the same time Henry's just I think that he's so far into his own mind right now that no coaching is going to get him out of it I think that honestly the only thing that might get him out of it is like Cash is pulling him aside and being like dude wake up we need you because that's usually how it goes with, though, with like players like that. It's usually not even the coaches that get you going. It's usually your teammates who are just like, dude, it's time to it's time to wake up. You have all this this talent, and we need you. I'm so, with you. So Cassius or Tillman, someone needs to step up and pull him aside because he's playing. He, he's making boneheaded decisions on a nightly basis, like four or five of them. How was uh, Tillman today with his uh, hands? Um, he he missed one layup in the second half that would have given MSU the lead, and then Penn State went on a six nothing run right after that. Um, I, I think he played a lot better. He was a lot more aggressive on the glass, which is kind of weird because he had fourteen rebounds last game. But he was right. you could just tell he was just playing tougher, even though he was undersized compared to Watkins and Stevens. Right. But I thought he played fine. I think that MSU needs more of a post game, like back to the basket type of thing from him. Mm-hmm. Now I think that's a, a year away. If he's going to try to develop something like that, you can't do that in the middle of the season. That's where I think um, where Michigan state misses like a Nick Ward. hundred percent. You know what I mean? Cause you know, mm-hmm. Ward, I mean, I know it wasn't this much, but if, if it feels like, you know, if he gets the ball on the block, He's going to score. 80%. 80%. You know, he was either going to – 80% he was either going to score or get fouled. He he was so, I want to say, underappreciated, especially as a junior. I feel like people just were like, "Eh, it's Nick Ward. We got Tillman now. We don't really need him. He was the reason that we had a post game for three years. Yep. Tillman was a nice change of pace because he could stretch the floor. But, I mean – Ward just bullied guys down low, and he did it for two-plus years. And people are just like, oh, whatever. And now they're starting to see that Ward was such a big loss from last year's team. I think that uh, also that um, what – I mean, like, like Mo Wagner, he kind of embarrassed him that entire mm-hmm. year. And I think that really messed with some, some uh, state fans' heads. Of, sure. of how good Ward was. You have to understand that Ward was a total mismatch on the defensive end with, you know, Mo. He was right. three, inches, three inches shorter. You're yeah. guarding a stretch five who's averaging 12 and seven in the league right now, you know, coming off the bench in limited minutes. Um, someone who could dribble the ball, shoot the ball, super crafty, um, that was just a matchup nightmare, and uh, I think that, that like ruined his career. <laughs> 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 that might have been the, the downfall of, of Ward right there, just with the fans. 
Speaking of that play, that one gif needs to be deleted from the planet. You know which one I'm talking about. The one with like the eight pixels. Someone took it on their Kindle and it was like, <laughs> it was sticks it. It was so bad. So bad. I'm like, come on, dude. I mean, it was on ESPN, wasn't it? Like, it's not like it was on. Yes. Like, just yes. local TV. It wasn't on PBS. What's going on? There are good clips out there, but I keep saying that same thing with like. It's writing, too. Like, it has writing all around yeah, it. Yeah, like the blue outline. I'm just like, <laughs> what? I'm pretty sure that's from Emco Blog. That's uh, I'm pretty sure, and just everybody who's just too lazy to go like find their own or make one. Oh gosh, man. it's awful. It's we t- don't mention those people around here. We yeah, I know, them. I know. We don't mention Emco Soft. <laughs> <laughs> be careful! Be careful! You might get sued. Man, well, yeah, I might get sued. <laughs> man, bunch of pansies. Uh, anyways, pansies, yeah, man. that's. They're responsible for that garbage. Man. Okay. Okay. So the Michigan game was a lot of fun. Michigan, Ohio State. Not not sure if you watched it, but. I, I watched the beginning, like the first hour of it until the state game. And then I watched the end when I saw it was getting pretty close. It was a football game. Like it was a. That's what I heard. The whistles were being swallowed. And then. Yeah. On both cold. ends. On both yeah. ends. You know, it wasn't just one side or the other. It was both ends, so I could at least appreciate that they were at least consistent in that in that regard. Um, but the game, it was pretty much like Eli Brooks hit a big three, and then Eli Brooks totally loses the one shooter that Ohio State has, hits a three. Um, Simpson comes down. They call foul, really wasn't a foul, but then they show that Simpson grabs the, the dude's jersey, pulls him down, rips his jersey. 30, 33 seconds left. You have Simpson shooting two free throws and then flagrant two free throws. Michigan's down one at this point. It, that was like the worst time. That was like they, t- they took everything yeah. bad and said, here you go, we're going to do this messed up stuff. With this messed up time. And uh, from that point, you know, Michigan was not in great shape. And then we needed a, a, a quick hitter that took 18 seconds to develop. And that was just bad. So it was all bad. For someone who hasn't watched a ton of Michigan basketball, I mean, I've seen I've seen the ends of games, the beginnings of games, but I haven't sat down and watched the whole game. What's, what is wrong other than livers not being healthy? What is <laughs> What's wrong? Um, yes. Shooting, yeah, shooting. You know, Michigan's one one of the worst three point shooting teams in the in uh, in conference play. Um, that's one. Two. Is there a leadership issue? I mean, that's always been an issue. I feel like for the last couple couple years, uh, as soon as the uh, as as soon as Mar and Mo left, I think there's been a leadership issue. Um, uh-huh. But I but I don't think that was I. I don't think that's it, because um, we're 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 losing games that we have no business losing, um, and it's and it's and it's frustrating seeing that you're better than this than this team, and now Michigan's twelfth in the conference. Like we're we're I think there's not much disparity between like a twelve and you know top six. The, the fact that twelfth place has four wins is actually kind of crazy. We're two games ahead in Nebraska. Right. It's. I know all about seeing a team that's better lose to a team they've completely just given the game to. And I think that's what happened with Ohio State tonight. And I think we saw a lot of like what Michigan is capable of against Rutgers. But I don't know. It's Even they try to choke that game. They tried to choke yeah. that game too. In the in the last nine minutes and nineteen seconds against Rutgers, Michigan had nine points and seven turnovers. Yeah, like they tried to choke that game. They they tried to give Rutgers the, the game like five or six times, and Rutgers yeah. refused every single time. Um, Michigan and Michigan State are playing the same type of like sloppy you know, give the game away type of basketball lately. It's, it's actually kind of crazy to watch how similar the mentalities are right now. Yeah, but you guys have that one dude who could, like, take over a game. We don't have that right now. 
we just yeah. don't we just don't have that. Simpson Simpson tries. He tries, but he just doesn't have the tools. Um, Teske, you know, was is like I don't know what happened to him. Um, Brandon Johns, for some reason, up. was limited in the in the uh, second half today. Um, just weird. Like I'm not sh- like weird stuff. Weird stuff is happening. Um, I just don't. Some things, some things like if someone makes a decision, whether I agree with it or not, I can see where they're coming from. But there's some stuff going on where I'm like, you know, what are you even thinking right now? Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. Um, I'm sure I'm, that practices just not on the same boat. And I can tell that, like, they're not practicing on certain things that they're accustomed to. And it's just. I don't know, man. I just, 100%. I just hope their talent that they're going to be getting covers a lot of flaws that I'm seeing. I, I, I get the talent, like the talent that Michigan's going to have next year is like it might be more so than any team Beeline has ever had. Yeah. Is that, would you agree with that? Uh, yeah. uh, up there, up there with like a on top paper. two or three team on paper. Yeah. Yes. On paper. But are you worried about Juwan Howard potentially coaching them down? I'm not concerned about him coaching them down. Uh, I'm more concerned about the development because at the end of the day, yeah, they're talented, but they're 18, 19 years old. Like, they're still kids. I'm, I'm not saying, I think that's I'm not what saying people kids. Don't, don't understand. Yeah. So, like, you're, you're, you're talented, but understand that – I would much rather have a bunch of 22-year-olds who have been battle-tested mm-hmm. than that. You, like, I agree. You, know, like, you look at Wisconsin in, in 2015 versus that Kentucky team that was completely stacked. Yeah. And Wisconsin, like Frank Kaminsky and Decker and all those guys um, beat that team. And then Kaminsky versus you know Duke, that was a heck of a game. Um, look at Michigan State versus Duke last year. Duke didn't win a Final Four. They win their conference. Duke has not won their conference in 10 years. Wait. Is that, that's real. Since 2010. Duke hasn't won an ACC title since 2010. They have not won an ACC title since 2010. They won championship, national championships more recently than they won an ACC title. That's actually yeah. insane. How wild is that? I, I, if you would have said that, I, th- I would have said you were lying. Like, if you would have told me that earlier, <laughs> I, I'd have to look that up because that's actually crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's just weird, weird I mean, stuff. The, the one and done stuff, it works for if you're trying to win, you know, if you're trying to win 25 <laughs> games and get in the tournament as a, a top four or five seed. If you don't have generational players, it really doesn't work. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Look at, um, you know, look at what, what what was that really good one with like Anthony Davis and oh, yeah. Michael Kidd Gilchrist, like the like those are they, NBA like legit legit NBA shouldn't be in college type dudes, <laughs> right? Exactly. You and know, same, same with Duke when they had like Okafor and that was the that was the Duke Wisconsin game where yeah. they had uh um the. The kid's brother, who's there now, what's his name? Um, Tyler. No, guard. Oh. Who's the little guard that's there oh, now? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyus, Tyus, was it Tyus Jones? Tyus Jones. Yes, they had Tyus yeah. Jones. They had Winslow. Yep. They, they had Grayson was, Allen was yeah, there, right? Team. Yeah, he was a freshman, I think. That was when State lost in the Final Four to him, I think. Was that? Was that? Yeah, was yeah, that was. Because they I just think destroyed State in the Final Four that year. Yeah, I think I think that was them. I think yeah. that was them. that was a really good team, man. That team was really good, and not, this isn't a knock on Michigan or anything. I think that they're going to be ex- like incredibly talented next year, even if you know one of their one or two guys decides to go pro somewhere else, or I, I don't know if the situation is good enough. Right. But that team is going to have so much talent. But if they play like freshmen, 
it's going to be a long season. Yep. Yep. And who knows if they they decide to stick around for another year or, you know, we don't know if these kids are one-and-done mentality. You have no idea. So You know who's... I mean, you know who's stacked on paper? Who? Texas. Texas? Yeah. If you saw their roster like a year or two ago, like yeah. they're, they're top eight in the rotation, all top 70 guys in their class. And I, that's crazy because I thought Shaka Smart was going to be a really good coach. Yeah, me too. And and I, I'm I don't know what it is. surprised that he doesn't get the job done with all that talent and all the resources he has. Yeah, I don't know what it is. But at the same time, like, Texas hasn't won anything. They have, like, one Final Four, and that was, like, 80 years ago or something yeah. or, or something crazy. Like, Texas, man, woo! Like, the brand, the brand, you know, you know, you think it's, it's almost like, you know, Texas basketball is like Michigan football. Yeah, it is. It's like you think it's going to – you think it has all this history. It really doesn't. It really no. doesn't. really doesn't. Yeah, but so, Michigan actually has this. <laughs> like Texas does it. I mean, Texas is more known, but they're the same on the football field. They they're a brand, but then they go out and they put up eight wins or seven wins. Right. So. Right. Exactly. So, all right, D'Antonio, let's talk. All right. What do you want? What do you want to talk about? Now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when so I had a dude hit me up. And he was convinced. He was like, he was like, he was like, hey, I'm in this group chat. I'm pretty sure this is going down. Check this out. It's like, you know, D'Antonio is going to, you know, be out probably, you know, soon, like today. And I'm just like, I'm just like, what? Yeah. And he was like adamant. So I was like, all right, I'm about to put out like a troll tweet and see what happens. You putting out troll tweets? No. No way, man. So no, I, no, no, no. so I'm like, man, hold up, D'Antonio's gone <laughs> with like the looky eyes, and then, because <laughs> like I wanted like like what I really wanted, I wanted uh someone for like yeah, someone from like Fox or ESPN or like you know some like some major account to hit me up and say, hey, how'd you know about this? Um, cause I've done that before in the past and then usually they'll ask me to delete it. What? Yeah. Yeah. They they'll the ask first. me to delete it. Exact. Or they just didn't want it out yet. So like when, so for example, when Charles Matthews tore his, tore his ACL, like I tweeted it like the day before Woj tweeted it. And, um, and then Matthew's people like got in touch with some dudes that I know, and then they hit me up. They're like, "Hey, they don't want that out yet." So I'm like, "All right, whatever, delete it." Um, Jordan Poole, I knew he was going first round that morning. That's crazy. <laughs> I knew he was going first round that morning, and then he was like, he was like, he was like. And then, like midday, he was like, "Okay, it's between this, it's between pool and this." And then they go, "It doesn't matter because Spurs want pool." Like and they were like, and they were next. So, um, and then I was like, "Can I tweet it? Can I do something?" He was like, "He was like, nope, you can't do it." I'm like, "All right, man, whatever." So, out of respect, you know, out of respect to make sure that I still have. Um, have access in future, you know. You know, I try to respect it, but uh, but this one, you know, they were like, "Hey, do it, whatever." So, but the timing when when you told me that something might be up, I was shocked because I mean, you and I were talking about it. We're like, right before National Signing Day, right? Why would he wait till these kids make the biggest decision of their life? Exactly. And this was like an hour before he posted it. Yeah. Before it was like official. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, you you sped up the process. I, I think. I, <laughs> <laughs> like, D'Antonio saw your tweet and he's like, oh. D'Antonio's like, God dang it, that dude. 
<laughs> Isn't that the guy that got Brad Davis was suspended? <laughs> that was. He, he was very quick to get that tweet up, like shortly after everybody was speculating on it. Yeah, man. So I mean, I got that, and then I posted it, and then like some, some like an MSU guy posted something from like Reddit. It was like, oh yeah, this oh, yeah, is guaranteed. <laughs> it was like, oh yeah, it's for sure yes. now. And people were like, no, no. I didn't believe you. I didn't believe it either. Yeah. Halfway, I didn't either. That's why I didn't make it like an official, like all yeah. caps source colon D'Antonio. <laughs> right, exactly. That's why I didn't make it like that. Because I was like 70%. So I'm like, all right, I need. Like if if this is a thirty percent thing, I, I gotta make sure that I at least have like one toe out, you know. But uh but yeah, man. I, I had this feeling all throughout the year that he was gonna either, you know, retire right after the season or, you know I I didn't think he was ever gonna get fired just because Beekman wouldn't do that hard to fire the winningest coach in your school's history, especially with how bad the program was when he got there. But you could just tell anybody who's watched Michigan State this season just saw him on the sidelines. He just looked, I don't know. He, just he looked defeated. Look he, he looked stressed. Defeated, 100%. He looked defeated. He looked Bags stressed. Eyes, just, you know who he, he looked like? Who? Amaker in my first year. I, I do remember Amaker. But I was—I don't remember. That was like, back when you were like tenure. nine years old. But yeah, <laughs> I, no, I remember Amaker because I was like, he's—he's he's not a bad guy. Like, I don't—I don't dislike him as a Michigan coach. Yeah, but I also man. haven't disliked many Michigan basketball coaches. So. <laughs> We've—we've—we've we've had some very pers- personable ones. Ones yeah. where you're just like, yeah, you know, I hate the school, but you know what, you're not that bad. But right. then the, the football, football wise, programs are so different. It's crazy, man. Outside of outside of Hoke, I mean, Hoke comes off like a like like a good dude <laughs> to me at least. But like, yeah, he's, he's a great guy. But like Rich Rod and <laughs> oh, Rich, Rich Rod, Rod snake, and sure. and you know and you know you know Harbaugh is you know he's very very quirky. You know, I get no it. I I get it. I get it. But um. But yeah, man. I mean, my redshirt year um, that reminded me of him. So like, that's when when people ask me like, what are the differences between Amaker and, and Beeline? Like, I always say that's not fair to Coach Amaker because yeah. I got you didn't in. See him at his best. I didn't see him at his best. You like, he knew he was on the hot seat. I'm young and dumb. I didn't know. You know what I mean? I didn't know what this what the uh, situation was. All I know yeah. was that they had twenty plus wins, not realizing that not the best straight the schedule to get those wins. But I'm like, they get twenty plus wins. He's gonna be here for the next ten years. You know what I mean? Um, but you know, you could see the sh- like the stress and the stress was about to come off of him when. Ohio State came to Chrysler ranked number one. If Michigan wins that game, Michigan is more than likely in the NCAA tournament. And he's still around. Yeah. And in the under four timeout, Michigan is up by six points. I will never forget this. He dapped up everyone sitting down like, we got this. We got this. And I'm pretty sure we didn't score again. That was when Courtney Sims had a missed dunk. Deion Harris missed like one and one. We missed the rebound. Like everything bad that could have happened in the last Just a complete four, meltdown. Had complete meltdown. Like it was so bad. It was like so, so, so that was defeated. that was the equivalent of John L. Smith's uh, Notre Dame game in 2006, basically. Just like you had the game, you win it, you might be around for a little longer and then he right. just couldn't completely melt it down and then ended up getting fired. But I mean, I mean, look what it turned out to be. You got beeline. Yep. Yep. Got beeline and you, and you guys got D'Antonio. So, yep. you know, getting D'Antonio is great. Eerily similar. Yeah. And, uh, you know, 
the kind of you know the way that they they did things. You know, you have uh, you know Beeline won Big Ten titles, D'Antonio won won Big Ten titles, um, and they didn't do it on the backs of you know recruiting big on paper. They were big yeah. on getting the right guys, which I still think is the way to win. Now, if you can recruit the highest level player of your role, I think those are the guys who really get it, get it, get it done. Um, but still got to still have to develop, man. Hey, Michigan State of Mind fans. This is Greg Moraz, producer for the Michigan State of Mind podcast. We're going to take a quick break to tell you about our brand new sponsor here at Blue Wire, Bet Online. Did you miss your chance to bet on the Chiefs and the 49ers in the Super Bowl? Fear not, listener. Blue Wire is excited to be partnering with Bet Online to help you win big no matter the time of year. With March Madness, the Masters, and Major League Opening Day right around the corner, Bet Online has you covered for all your latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Plus, it's never too early to lay down your future bet for Super Bowl 2021. Head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Myself and Ant, we signed up. It's super easy, and if you're already making wagers, it's a fantastic way to support this podcast. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word when you sign up at betonline.ag. Bring your best bets home with BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So next, what's next for Michigan State football? They are coming in with the 42nd ranked, like, and you may lose commits now. Who knows? Uh, you're coming in with the 42nd. When is National Signing Day? Tomorrow. Oh! Like, are <laughs> Surprise, surprise. Oh, no. Okay, so so National Signing Day is tomorrow. Uh, do you count on everyone signing? Um, I think that everyone, but there's one guy that's in limbo, and it wouldn't, if he didn't sign, Jordan Simmons, he's a three-star running back from Georgia. Gotcha. He, he was, he's been committed since the early period, so he could have signed back in December and chose not to. And then he just took an official visit, I think, two weeks ago. Mm. And um, To where? To state. I think it was his, oh, his, okay, action, okay. his only official. Yeah, so he took an official to just kind of make sure it was the right fit. And he even tweeted afterward that, you know, it was good to be home and, you know, that he was a Spartan and everything. And then he was just asked what his plans were, and he said he got to talk it over with his family. So, I think everyone, Darius Snow already said he's going to stick with it. If if people were going to not sign or request out, I think they would have done, most of them would have done it by now. Right. But Sometimes I mean, it takes a couple a days. Because, like, sometimes it just doesn't feel real. Then you're like, okay, who's going to be retained? Because a lot, a lot of times they're they're not committing to the Mich- to Michigan State. They're not committing to D'Antonio. They're committing to the coach who's going to coach them. So whether it's like the wide receivers coach and that's what brought them in, or the DB coach and that's what brought them in, you know, sometimes it's like one person. Like, you know what? All this other stuff is a little bit of a haze right now, but I but I am clear on you. The one familiar face. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I completely agree. I agree. And it'll be interesting because when you say something like that, it makes me think that they're going to go this year with an interim coach, which to me that's worst-case scenario. You think me, so? Gonna, I mean, they, do I think it's the worst-case scenario or do I think that they're going to do that? Do you think it's like – like, you think that's worst-case scenario? Well, yes and no. I, I, I'm leaning toward, like, that would not be an ideal scenario for State just because these recruits want to know who their coach is going to be for four years. Right. And if you're hiring an interim coach, how is he going to recruit anybody? Like, yeah, I might be here, I might not. <laughs> you know, like, right. we, we don't have anybody in our, our 2021 class yet. We can't recruit anybody if we have a coach who's going to be like, you could play for this guy or you could play for this guy. I don't know. I might be here, I might not. You know? Right. And that's that's kind of what they have to think about 
I mean, yeah, you might keep all these same recruits this year, but you also have to think that you're setting your program back like three years by not hiring a full-time coach. Is there anyone in-house that you would feel comfortable with signing for like three years? Yeah. I mean, I like Mike Trussell. I know he had a bad year as a defense coordinator. They're supposed to be like tops in the Big Ten, and they just Crap the bed. I don't know if it was just his fault, but there were a lot of factors. I don't think the cornerbacks were nearly as good. The losing Justin Lane really hurt. Right. Um, but I wouldn't be mad if they had him, just because I think he's he's a young guy. He's a decent recruiter. Um, he's been with State every year since D'Antonio was there. Okay. So so he's he's not a dumb guy. Like he he could be a head coach, but I don't know if this might be a, too big of a job for him right away. And then if they decide to, like, kind of keep it in-house, they could bring Harlan Barnett back, who was co-defensive coordinator before Trestle took over as the full. They were both co-defensive coordinators, and then Barnett left for Florida State with Willie Taggart. Okay. So he could come back and maybe be a head coach candidate. But those would be probably the only two, honestly. Gotcha. Now, do you think – Fickle, Saleh, Narduzzi would want that job? I, I think I think that there's definitely interest. For Saleh, I don't I don't know that he would leave the NFL because he's probably gonna be an NFL head coach next year. Gotcha. Um He's intense. That's, that's yeah, he's he is intense and I think that's kinda of what they need and I feel like he's so relatable to him. He's not like he's not like D'Antonio where it's he's kinda of, the game has kinda of passed him up. Like he's up and coming and that's kind of what state needs um I, I like that i like fickle and people knock fickle because oh well he couldn't even keep his job at ohio state right. he was thrown into a situation <laughs> where the school was coming up a scandal he was a 30 something year old first time head coach i mean you can't expect <laughs> anything from this guy he he literally was thrown into the fire and right. he was the fall guy for when they didn't play well so, I mean, if he wasn't good, Urban Meyer wouldn't have kept him on for five years as a defensive coordinator. Also true. So, also true. So I like Fickle. I know they reached out to Matt Campbell apparently, and he said he wasn't interested in the job. Matt Campbell was he, he the coach at Iowa State at, at yeah. one point? Yep. Is he is he He's there still now? There. He is there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He, he would have been a, a dream scenario, honestly. He's, really? He's, yeah, he's a really, really good coach. And he's from Ohio, so he like he knows the area. I don't know. He, he's been People have been trying to poach him for years now, and he doesn't seem like – he's pretty loyal, which is also why he's such a good coach. He likes it down there. He, I guess he likes Iowa. He likes the corn. No one likes Iowa. No, that is like one of the <laughs> – oh, my gosh. Yeah, no disrespect to Iowa. No, dis, no disrespect to Iowa. But, man, Iowa was so boring when we traveled there. I had my boys from the other team hit me up like, hey, what you up to tonight? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm, like I'm at the hotel. Funny. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> hotel party. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I was uh, it's pretty plain. Exactly, man. So, all right, and so no Narduzzi, you think? Narduzzi, I think that there would be interest there too, but I also, I don't know. I like Narduzzi, and I think he's he was probably the best defensive coordinator states had in my lifetime. Um, I just don't know that he's. Power five head coach material, like contending wise, like yeah, he's he's done decent in the ACC, but he's never won more than eight games, and he's in the yeah. ACC. Yeah, like, and the ACC sucks. ACC is terrible. Yeah, state state beat one of the best teams in the ACC in the pinstripe bowl. Like Wake Forest was ranked a few weeks before state beat them. Like right, <laughs> right. I don't know. I maybe it's just because Pitt doesn't have the resources. I don't. I don't know if he would leave that job. I feel like he would, but I don't know if State's willing to take a chance on a guy who hasn't really proved himself in five years at Pitt, four years at Pitt. State needs someone who can like recruit. Like yes, Big Ten Absolutely. East is hard, man. Yeah. Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. I mean, 
and then Indiana, you know, they're they're trying to come along. Maryland's trying to come along. Rutgers just yep. hired Shiano. I mean, it's. I mean, that's what I'm most excited about. I think is to see how the next head coach recruits because I know how D'Antonio recruits. I know he's like, oh, you're you know ranked 15th to 100th in the country. You're perfect, but that doesn't win you championships anymore. Right. So I'm I'm curious to see if the next coach has the same mentality. Like, oh, you fit the mold of what we're looking for, but it might take you two or three years to be a contributor. Like, that's not what they need anymore. They need someone who can find guys who can come in right away, like a Julian Barnett or a Kalen Gervin or, you know, Devontae Dobbs. They need those guys. Right. And I, I don't know. We'll see if the next coach can keep that mentality or take that mentality instead of D'Antonio's. I'm with you. So, like, he he basically, the, the next guy, yes, you need guys who are going to fit your system. But get the best guy that's exactly. available. Like, if there's exactly. 10 guys, get the ones near the top and work yourself down. Don't just go with the eighth guy and right. then just be like, I mean, you know what? I'm just going to make sure that I can fill this void. I've preached the stars don't matter thing before, and I've – tried to prove my point before and yeah like back in 2015 2014 2013 that worked like Dan was developing players mm-hmm. at probably the best rate of any coach in the in the country yeah like he turned he turned Darquez Denard who is a no-name two-star cornerback from Georgia into the best cornerback in the country he like, also had decent QBs yeah, and you know, Kirk Cousins wasn't highly recruited. Connor Cook wasn't highly recruited. You had he was just, and I think that's where D'Antoni lost it. He he lost the passion for turning these guys into, you know, great players. And I think that's why he stepped down. He even said like, you have to be a hundred percent into this job, or you're not. You're all or you're zero percent into it. You can't be fifty fifty. And he's like, I couldn't go into next season and truly say that I was a hundred percent. So I'm doing this program a disservice. Right. And I think that you've, you've seen that since 2016. Yep. Yep. So it, it just hasn't had the same feel of a program since the playoff year. Most definitely. So you, so you go, you go from the, from the time Connor Cook snatched that trophy from Archie Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> it's been downhill. So yep. he snatched it, get beat whatever to, to zero in the CFP. They go three and nine, then go ten and three almost miraculously. Um, then you go back to like 500, 500. Yep. You know what I mean? Super yep. weird, super volatile, um, very, very strange. Trajectory. And it just seemed like the same mistakes happening over and over and over. Like, offense wasn't making any changes. He wasn't firing anybody. He was keeping his buddies around. Yeah. Just stuff that led to the 3-9 and nine season. Like, obviously, the 3-9 season was just – I mean, we can call that an anomaly because he's never missed a bowl game before. And that's – you don't go 3-9 and nine unless you're, like – Rutgers, right? You know, you don't you don't have that. Record, Rutgers would mind three and nine. Right, right. Rutgers, <laughs> would, their win percentage would go up. From <laughs> three and nine just doesn't happen to a team coming off a playoff berth. There was so much going on behind the scenes, I think, and I think that's the season that broke D'Antonio. And was that had, like, all that know, stuff with your class of twenty sixteen? Yeah, that, well, that happened after the season, and I just think that. If you hear people talk about the locker room situation, it's almost like those kids came in expecting to be like the next stars. And that's not what state was about. And you've seen, I mean, over the years that those kind of players just didn't fit. Didn't fit so, the culture. Yeah. Like, like a Josh King who, I mean, he was kind of a quiet kid, but he probably thought that, you know, he got some playing time early and then you saw what happened with him. And Donnie yeah. Corley wasn't really an outspoken guy either, but he just had like a little swagger about him that you never really saw from a freshman. And it was, I mean, you don't know what happens behind the scenes. You can't really say, oh, well, you know, there was locker room issues. I mean, there probably was, but th- there had to be something more. And I think that all of that broke D'Antonio. 
and he hasn't he has not been the same coach since he had that little 2017 run that you talked about where they won 10 games and then right. that I mean it was just like a flash in the pan right right so. super super weird man super strange um man crazy 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 crazy, crazy. When I got that message, I was like, what? Yeah. It's, honestly, it's good for the program. Yeah, it and is. I know, I know a lot of state fans that will, you know, ask for a statue for D'Antonio, which he deserves. I mean, like, I honestly think that he's done more for the program and he deserves to be honored as, as the best coach or second best coach the program has ever had. But at the same time, there's always a time where you know that it, it was time. Like he, he needed to do this. Right. Like he was, he was doing more harm than good at this point with recruiting and just his, I don't know. He just, he just wasn't in it anymore. Man. So, you know how like Mich- Michigan fans, they, you know, there's a, there's a section of them when, you know, whenever you bring up D'Antonio, they go right to, you know all the rape, yep. you know, sexual, and all this stuff. Yep. I I will say this. Um, my opinion did change a bit once you know once I learned more and more about the Austin Robertson situation. Yeah. Um, where you had these guys who are basically telling him, like you know, these are the same dudes that you're so close with that you won't fire. They're turning around and telling you, I don't trust this person on campus, and you're going to bring them in anyway. You know, knowing what this dude has been through since he was, what, 13, 14 years old? Um, And there's there's like a track record. Um, You know, that kind of, like, that has me, like, I'm kind of taken aback by that. You know what I mean? And honestly, what I can say to that is, that's D'Antonio trying to give someone who doesn't deserve the benefit of the doubt the benefit There's of the, the doubt. doubt. Right. And he's also trying to, I think at that point in his career, he was like, you know what, I think I could change this kid's life. Right. And he, he did it with, you know, he's done it with kids who, you know, didn't think they'd have a chance to play football or who may not have had the best backgrounds or, you know, stuff like that. And I think that he's just – he. At that point, he was just way too trusting right. of his players. And you can't save everybody, you know? Exactly. You some can't kids, save everyone. Some kids, are, you, you can't give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Especially and that's one of them. It. That's one yep. of them. Where you see a pattern like that. Okay, if, if it happened once, maybe twice, then maybe you have a shot. But it was like multiple things uh, popping yeah. up time after time. So... I wouldn't be comfortable. I mean, like, I'm no, I'm not a Michigan State person, but I wouldn't be comfortable with um with that. I, I just couldn't with the whole like statue thing, like yeah. that. Like, it sucks, but since 2007, like that small blemish, you know, people see a thousand good things, but that one bad thing, I I try to stay out of that. But that was one bad thing that that ruined that ruined women's life. And you know, right yeah. now he's he's spending what forty what, forty-four months to ten years yeah. upstate. And uh upstate. I'm I'm sorry for anyone who's offended by that. Upper peninsula, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it is unfortunate though. It it sucks that he he had that mindset, but I know I mean I, I don't know him personally, but that's my best educated guess is that he thought that he could fix this kid who was broken and probably wasn't gonna get any other chances. Yeah. And, you know, he took the ultimate risk and it ended up backfiring times a million. And that's a saving thing. I think Saban came out and said something almost to the T of what you just said, where a kid who got in trouble, 
you know, people are all over Saban and Saban's like, wait a minute, you know, you want, you want this kid to never have an opportunity after making one thing wrong, you know, like how about having an opportunity to, you know, do all this other stuff that he, he like comes out with this like example, like this one kid, I could have not had him, but if I didn't do that, he wouldn't have been this. He wouldn't have done this. He wouldn't have, you know, had this family in the NFL and doing all these things that he wants. So, um, it's one of those risks, you know, and whenever you put your name to something like that, you know, you are now lumped yourself into that risk. I agree. And, um, and I'm pretty sure D'Antonio did whatever he, he could to get that kid help. But yep. you can only, you know, you're only going to chase someone like who so wants to much. be helped. Exactly. You can't make choices for these guys, especially these yep. kids who are 18, 19, 20 years old. Uh, trying to live their life, you know, on campus, yeah. on a I campus agree. with a bunch with you know co-ed camp campus. You know, there's twenty five thousand girls walking around East Lansing. Yep. You know what I mean? And um, it's super sad. It's super it sad. Is. But I agree. Um, but I do see it from that point of view, though, one hundred percent. Yeah, I, it, I do. And see I, it that. I just it sucks because you know, put yourself in a situation like that. Like obviously. You wouldn't want this kid on your campus, but, you know, let's say he, you have a one-on-one conversation with him. He, you know, you, you don't know what's said behind closed doors. You could have had a, a tearful, like, I promise it'll never happen again. My life is going to be ruined, like, all this kind of stuff. Right. You don't you don't want that type of person on your campus, but at the same time, you part of you was like, you know what? I feel like this kid could have his life turned around if he gets a different opportunity. Right. Which you don't like. That's such a bad situation to be in because nobody wants to to be responsible for you know women getting hurt or anybody getting hurt. Really, just it's it's such a bad situation. And I think that I don't know. Maybe he had a, a sit down with his wife and was like, "What do you think I should do?" Like you, you don't know what happened. Like you, like his coaches right. might have said no. He might have gone home to his wife and have been like, "I want your honest opinion," and she might have said something opposite. You know, right? So, with you. does he coach again? You think? No, I think he's done. Do you think he's still? Do you think he's going to get a job in the athletic department? Yeah, he said he's going to stay on in, in an advisor, a special project role. I could see him becoming AD one day. Okay. I I would I would love for him to replace. He'd be me good at that. Be, yeah, no, I He'd agree. Be good he, at that. Not too much. I mean, like, yeah, there's some work to do, but. You spend time with your family, you know, and show up for appearances every now and then. Right. Don't have to recruit anymore. Yeah. You stay I, out I of the way. Yep, exactly. Life slows down. <laughs> exactly. You're pretty and he much He looked a lot face. happier during the, the basketball game, just sitting there knowing that he didn't have to worry about <laughs> anything anymore. Like, I don't have to make phone calls. Yeah. I don't have to deal with these parents no more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't have the to transfers. fly out. Exactly. I don't yep. have to fly out tonight to go see some kid in Alaska play. <laughs> man. That'd be something. Yeah, some of these sure. recruiting trips, man. Woo. That's yeah, a, exactly. oh, another story. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, man, Connor, thank you for uh, for uh, coming on, talking a little. Penn State, Michigan State, and, of course, Dan Tonya leaving. Um Big game coming up on Saturday, as we know. Oh, is there a game this weekend? There is a game in Ann Arbor. In Ann Arbor. Yeah, yeah I'll be It's going to be watching. interesting. It's going to be interesting, man. For sure. It's going to be real interesting. But it's late. It's late. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it so much, man. Have a good night, dude. Anytime you want, you want me, I'm, I'm here. All right, cool. See ya. All right, thanks, man. So thank you again. Thank you again. Thank you again. Thank you again to Connor Muldowney uh, joining me, uh, talking a little Michigan, Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, and of course the shocking news uh, that D'Antonio was stepping down. Um, wonder who tweeted that first. He needs cookies and milk. Um, as y'all know, going to SeatGeek. SeatGeek app. 
you go on to SeatGeek, purchase any concert, any ticket to a game, any event, put in my promo code AntWright. Promo code AntWright, A-N-T-W-R-I-G-H-T. Put in my promo code on SeatGeek, any concert, event, game, you get $20 off. Uh, it's not a lot, but you can use that $20 for something else, whether it's gas or food um, or anything that you want. But I appreciate y'all uh, listening, man, and I'll talk to y'all soon.